This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And, of course, don't forget to go download the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. All right, welcome back, DJs, for the Wells Fargo. Steve's back from parts unknown. Still doesn't have a tan. Still his pasty white self from New York. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing all right. <laughs> Actually, I do have a tan. I think it's just really bad lighting. Oh yeah, that's probably what it is. No, I uh, I, I spent a lot of time in the sun. Uh, went golfing down there. Went to the beach. Uh, took the toddler to the beach, and uh, she just wanted to jump in the pool and jump in the ocean a whole lot. It was it was a good vacation. Uh, avoided a lot of the Mexico Open, which probably was for the best. Um, but yeah, I, I had a great time there, but I'm back. I'm glad to be back in the saddle of things and, uh, yeah. break down it feels an like actual it. field and an actual golf tournament. So, well, here's the thing. Let's bring on, let's bring on our special guest, PGA tout, John Hasselbauer. John, did you like this week? I love this week. I thought it was great for TV. It was a much better tournament than I expected. Yeah. It looked like it was going to set up to be this big birdie fest resort course that everyone was. You know, there, there wasn't going to be a, a chance at a bogey anywhere because nothing about the course is penal and the water wasn't really in play. Um, and they stress, I mean, a lot of courses talk about we made this course longer and it makes absolutely no difference. They went to like extreme lengths to make this thing. They like they had guys 500 yard par fours into the wind where guys were hitting three wood. Um, and awesome. not just like the, the bottom tier drivers, like half the field was hitting. Woods and hybrids, which I love to see because that's golf I can relate to. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, and you know, it, it could have easily been a Rom runaway where he won by 10 strokes wire to wire. And he did a lot to keep that tournament like in like contention for the field. Like he yeah. could have just as easily won that by five strokes and missed every convertible putt. Um, on Sunday and still managed to win comfortably. So I think that was just a testament to that field being horrible. But, um, you know, in the end, it was an entertaining event, one that I'll give a little more respect to next year when it's back and not just like blanket birdie fest. That thing you actually have to look into a little bit more, but definitely yeah. advantage bombers and that show with the leaderboard. Yeah. So that was fun, that fun was- tournament in the end. Yeah, that was that was definitely the correct narrative moving in. It was in, it was insane, and I loved what was eight and ten. Ten was eating people's lunch all fucking week. It was it was awesome. I, I thought it played out really well. It, it was structured differently, like with all the par fives on like or multiple par fives on the back, a whole bunch of tough uh, par threes. Like I really liked it, man. I enjoyed it. I, mean, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of want them to go back to the uh, for the resort guests, like the six par fives where you're playing a par five every other hole on the back nine. Just you know, just chaos and craziness right there. But no, I, I mean, I, they did lengthen it. Um, like I think, well. I was able to do a podcast from the hotel room. I had a couple of technical glitches, but uh no, I, I think everybody talked about the length off the tee and that was exactly right. It kind of just set up a lot like Corrales and a lot like Puerto Rico open, just basically the same course. And uh, you know, at you're right in the fact that wind picking up a little bit made it a little more entertaining. Oh, uh, I think that was that was kind of unexpected. I think I, I thought there wasn't gonna be that much wind, but yeah. I mean listen, congrats to John Rom for being up on a bunch of fourth graders. He was in such a no-win situation. That was like, I mean, if he didn't win, everybody would be like, so you can't even close out a small field. 
or a weak field, and if he wins, he's like, yeah, he was supposed to do that. And I guess he was supposed to do it, right? Fucking four to one, three and a half to one, whatever stupid number he was at. Like, he was supposed to do it, and he did it. So he did what he was supposed to do. You can't not get credit for doing what you're supposed to do. He went out and did it, and like like, like John said, I mean, he, he could have ran away with it. He didn't. He got lucky on Sunday, too, when he hit that golf cat, when he should have been OB. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, was def- I, it was way more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah, and they're actually going to add a tombstone on the 10th hole for Cam Champ uh, before next year's tournament, so that'll oh be fun God. to look out for. Oh so, what, so what happened with that? Because I was driving back at that point. I, I missed it. So what, what happened with his triple? So he went he went right off the box. They thought it was in the water. They found it, but it was okay. plugged in a mud ball like a motherfucker. And, like, even to him, he, like, blasted it out. It went, what, like 50 yards if that, John? Like, and yeah. covered in fucking mud. So third shot, way fucking left, and like, and then the fourth shot ended up. He still wasn't on the fucking green. He was like, what, like up on the on the short, short and left, and it went up and three putted. It was, it was, it was brutal, especially if somebody holding a fifty to one cam ticket. That was fucking yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. What lose by like? Play. Yeah, what did he lose by like three or four? Yeah, yeah, three. Well, he fought eighteen. He fucked up too. I don't even know. Yeah, how I know. I, I saw, I saw that one. I saw that beautiful bunker shot. So. Yeah, he, he was in good position going into that hole. A lot of guys were. Plenty of yeah. guys could have won that tournament. Nobody took advantage. There's three par fives on the back nine, and nobody in contention did anything to take advantage of him. And Rom got away with a, a pretty mediocre back nine, but it was it was enough to win by one. So good, go. good for w, him. W is a W. It's on the resume. <laughs> right. just, like, just like Xander's team play event. I got to say it. Sorry. The, um... All right, why don't we transition to the Wells Fargo? So yeah. this is definitely going to be a different tournament, uh, different style of golf course. I think that favorites a little different attributes. So, John, why don't you just kick it off as far as, like, what types of things are you looking for this week as far as, you know, either roster construction or just building your betting card? What types of players are you looking for this week? Yeah, it's a tournament we've seen twice in 2017 and 2018 at the Quicken Loans, which the in 2018 they discontinued that event. Um it is a short course by PJ standards at 7160, um, but it plays very long. So a lot of the par fours are 440 or longer in that like 440 to 500 range. Um, so it's still a long iron course, um, extremely penal, rough, and anything outside of the fairway. So huge premium on hitting fairways, which makes for an interesting mix of accurate players who are also good from long range. Um, so there's not that many of those types of players. Usually if you're accurate, you sacrifice distance. And if you're a distance guy, you're not that accurate. So that would be an interesting thing to look for when handicapping this, um, to narrow in. I think, you know, Kyle Stanley one year one and, and Molinari one year two. These are two guys who aren't the best putters in the world. Not the, I mean, Kyle Stanley's pretty long, but solid off the tee and good approach players. So. You know, I, I think you can get away with some of the, the T to green no putt guys this week. The, the greens are firm and pretty small. So, um, you know, it, it's not, it's not a week you're going to win with your putter. Um, which, which may have been the case last week and in some of these larger resort courses, easy courses, like you can win with your putter. That's not the case here. You need a complete game. It's going to be a difficult test. In 2017, it was the diffi- most difficult non-major on the schedule. Um, this year, I think it's going to be a little bit softer. It's going to rain Friday and Saturday. So that should make scoring a little bit easier, especially with this course not being that long. It's not going to really hurt you if the, if the course is playing softer, um, for driving distance. So 
Um, I think we should see a winning score at minus 15. I'll guess okay. like 16 maybe. That's somewhere in that you think like the, mid-teen range. You think the cold is going to negate any of the just the wetter conditions? Is going to make it make the ball not go as far, right? Will it, can it will they cancel each other out maybe? So okay, so I'm seeing cold. I'm I went to school in Syracuse. We got Northeast people here. It's going to be mid 50s. Yeah, like, yeah, but cold for cold. cold yeah, no, it's not cold. Listen, I get it. Like I get <laughs> it, but for golf, it's cold. Like it is. Like it just is compared to what these guys normally play, right? And the ball is just not going to go as far in 55 as it is in 75. It's just math. Right? Yeah, but I mean, like we're already looking at long approach play, and yeah. based on where some of the holes bottleneck, you're using like less than driver, anyways. So I think it's still going to favor the same types of stuff that you said, like, you know, like hitting a lot of fairways, staying out of trouble. Like it kind of looks like just from the overhead when I charted, it, it looks like a narrower version of Murfield Village, just like how the holes are constructed, like where some of the greens are, like some of the fairways run out and there's like a big patch of like rough and just garbage and stuff. And there's a green or like there's a creek hugging the side of the, you know, one side of the hole. And um yeah, I mean, like it's like some of the other comp courses I looked at just tend to favor just some of these more accurate guys. So... Yeah, I mean, I don't think, uh, the wet, I think the, the, the rain is going to help keep these greens a little softer. I know, I think that Kyle Stanley year, because they rebuilt all the greens, they were really firm. I think just what I remember from the Molinari year, it was really hot and humid, and I think that helped with the scoring. So, you know, yeah, I, I mean, cold ball will go as far, but with the rain, it'll be a little softer. Even so, I think it's, they're still going to approach it the same way. I, I think I'm looking for, you know, types of guys that John just described. Uh, you know, like accurate guys who tend to be pretty good with their, you know, long approach shots. Um, maybe go down to the bunkers too. The bunkers are the fifth hardest in the PGA Tour. Uh, they redid all those bunkers, uh, back in 2007. And just some of the videos I looked at, they look a little tricky. So yeah, I think we're all on the same page. So yep. yeah, why don't we, uh, like get it. right to it? All right. Well, before we jump right in, let me talk to you guys about win bet. You got to make sure to get down on the wins. Bet $10 to win $200 promotion, where a $10 bet qualifies you to win up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And, of course, don't forget to get involved with their same-game parlays with the Win's own build-your-own-bet feature. All users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push a three leg build your bet parlay or longer between Thursday and Saturday and players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs. There's so much to choose from and all you have to do is download the win bet app or visit wynnbet.com and get to get started today. The offer is subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in, in the state where play through win bet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. All right. 10K range. So we have Rory McIlroy at the top at 11-5, then all the way down to Tony Finau at 10-6, Abraham Answer at 10-4, Corey Connors, the most popular player maybe on the board this week at 10-1, and Matthew Fitzpatrick at $10,000. So, John, you're our special guest. Why don't you kick it off? Why don't you uh, tell us one guy you really like in this range and uh, one guy you're fading? Okay. Uh, Corey <laughs> Connors, uh, from, a, from a DraftKings perspective, this guy's going to be – very owned, like oh, 25 plus. Easy, right? I would imagine. Um, the clear second guy on the odds board, but behind Tony and answer here. So, and significantly below, uh, McElroy. So I would expect a lot of ownership there. He's the guy I started my betting card with. Um, there's like Corey Connor courses where like, you know, he's not going to get himself into trouble. He's going to hit a bunch of fairways and hit center of the green. Um, if Kyle Stanley can win here, then without gaining strokes putting, then that's like music to Corey Connors ears. <laughs> like 
that's perfect. Yeah. Um, it's, he has plus distance, so it's not like he's just like a fairway finding plotter. Um, he's like, that should set him up well here too. And he's in great form over the last few weeks. So there was a stretch last year where I think we were actually seeing like high teens on, on Corey oh, Connors. Yeah. So this isn't the first time I'm seeing him at like 22 to one. So I'm like, I'm okay with it. I'm not like grossed out by him being this short. Um, yeah. And, and last week for John Ron was 45% owned and it was still a good play. So sometimes it's worth eating the chalk in, in DraftKings. There are plenty of like Corey Connors light profile players who are just like him and cheaper. You can pivot and play those guys too if you want. Uh, but me, I, I'm not really drawn to anybody else in this range. So I'm happy to do that. Uh, I guess just to touch on Rory. Um, I think it's three straight. It's got to be three. Uh, Three of the last four weeks, a top three favorite has won, right? So we have to pay attention to the favorites. Uh, and Spieth was the only one that didn't win in that, in that span. So, uh, big names are winning. We have to pay attention to that. They're, that's just happening right now. So we can't yep. ignore it, but this is not a course that Rory should dominate. Like Quill Hollow is a, is a course that you should dominate and he's done it year over year. He has that history. He's yep. never come here before. So it's easier for me to see a reason to fade. Them with Rom last week where there just wasn't any other option at the top of the board that you could replace him with. So I don't know. I, Rory, he tends to play his best when there's like no stakes at all, which worries me here because there's not really that much stakes at this course and the field's not that good and the PGA is coming up. And this is a tune up and he's going to be all relaxed. So that makes me nervous about Rory <laughs> and I'm not going to hard fade him in DFS, but obviously I'm not going to bet him at, at night one. Um, and then in terms of fades, I don't understand what Abraham answer is doing here at this point. I understand he has, he has the co-course record here. That's fine. Yeah. He hasn't had a good tournament in 2022. No. And it's May. Like he hasn't cracked the top 30 and he's the third highest priced player on the board. That's insane. That doesn't make any sense. Well, he made the cut last weekend, John. He made the (laughs) cut on the number. Of course. I mean, of course he's going to be owned. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, Tony, it's funny because he would have been like a thousand dollars cheaper had he not waited over the weekend. I know. Um, so that's interesting, but I don't, I think he could get himself into trouble off the tee here. So I don't love him here either, but Abraham answer. I don't know how you guys feel about him. The course fit makes sense, but the form is just so far from where he's being priced right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on answer, right? So he, he's my fate here, even though like he's, I mean, he's the same ownership as Finau, so I guess if you want to pivot off of Connors, I mean, I guess you can do that. Or I'm, I'm sure my co-host is going to talk about his his guy. I'm almost positive I know who it is. Um, but I'm with you on Connors. Like, what's funny is last week, so I'm getting back into like DFS, like other than just like throwing some lineups in, like I'm actually like building models and and testing out like theories with like MME stuff. Uh, and I faded Rom. I still made out okay. Like I still made. I lost like I think seven percent for the week. So, but I had Finau and I had a lot of Kitayama, you know what I mean? So I had all the, like, the longer guys. And so while the results weren't great, it didn't kill me either. And it's like, is it worth trying to chop off just game theory wise, like a quarter of the field by not playing Connors? Because I love a lot of the guys in the eights. And I like a lot of guys in the sevens. Like, and if I can pivot, I wish Finau was a little better with, I wish I knew, I'm sure somebody can tell me. Like when he clubs down, does he find more fairways? Because he's he is not ranked very very well in this. He's like almost at the bottom of this field in fairways gained. <laughs> um, 
Uh, that's actually a, a really good point. I, I did look into that a little bit with strokes gained off the tee on short courses versus total courses to see guys who popped a little bit more when they're clubbing down. I think Fino is about level, but there are some, some value guys definitely in this field that caught my eye with okay, that because cool. it's a different game, you know? Yeah. Like if, if you, if you're gaining strokes by hitting a three wood in the fairway and other guys can't do that, or even if you're a long hitter and everybody's hitting driver and you can get away with a driving iron, that goes a long way. So right. I think that's a, that's definitely an important point to, to bring up and looking at this week. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I'm with you basically lockstep on that. Steve, are you going to talk about your boy Fitzy? I mean, not now. <laughs> Why not now? Well, no, I mean, like, listen, like, he's, the ownership's pretty high on him and he gets yeah. just burn everybody at Heritage. Love so, that, yeah. yeah, no, no, I'm actually, I think we're going to make a case for Rory. And okay. so, Let's wind the clock a little bit to 2019. And I remember making this case about Rory going into Hamilton Golf and Country Club, the Canadian Open 2019. Kind of a similar setup. Short, plotter, not going to be able to hit driver a whole lot. And he nuked the field. And, you know, I mean, sometimes with a guy like that, it doesn't matter. It doesn't look like there's a whole lot of ownership on him. Some of the other concourses I looked at, he's been really good at TPC River Highlands. Uh, East Lake is also another penal golf course for different reasons. But that's still a golf course you got to keep it in the fairway, and he's been awesome there too. So I think he actually can do well at some of these golf courses where accuracy does matter. I mean, he does have it in him. And the fact that I've seen him nuke a about the similar strength field as we're going to see this week at a similar type of setup, I kind of like him this week, especially at the ownership. So, And there's a lot of guys in the sevens, like you said, in the eights that I like. I'm comfortable starting a lineup with him there and actually filling up with some guys who are more the prototypical like type of blueprint that I'm looking for this week. So like Rory, and then I'm with you guys on answer. Just I, I don't get it either. Um pretty much everything, just with all his T to green stuff, he's just cratering. He's so like I, I've been looking at long term trends like based on like, you know, what happens two months ago and what happens now. He's half a stroke worse T to green. Uh, over his last 50 rounds now than he was two months ago. Really? Like I've heard some people say that, oh, well, he gained with his irons last week. He only gained what, a quarter stroke per round. That's not really enough for me. I mean, overall, the irons been gr- haven't been really good. He's doing a lot with just accuracy and putting. And I just I don't want to spend 10-4 on a guy who has basically just shown nothing. No. So that's my fate in this range. So answer is going to win the tournament. All right. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, who's up for the 9K range, Emilio? Uh, I think you're up first. So right. why don't you pick one guy you like, one guy you're fading? All right. So I'm going to – I'm going to – you can't start this way. You can't start fucking Connors and Keegan. You just can't. Like it's it's impossible. You can't, you can't put that much ownership into these two guys. But he pops on every single thing I did, and he's – I always bet him. He's by kryptonite. We all know how this ends. He doesn't win. Like, he just doesn't win. Look, can he score enough to get you there? Maybe. But I can't, I mean, I can't see where you're going to be able to get different enough to be able to do a build that starts that chalky, right? The the highest guy, well, the second highest guy, because Henley, uh, in the 9K range, and the highest guy in the 10K range. I, I just don't see how you can do it. I want to play him. Maybe I'll get cute and, and just skip the 10K range on some of the lineups um, and start with Keegan. Which makes me want to throw up in my mouth, but I might, I might do it. So let me, so John, did, did Gary Woodland happen to pop on that if, when he clubbed down, when you were looking into that? Um, let me pull that up. Um, cause I, I, cause I kind of want to play Woodland because nobody wants to play Woodland. The guy has been awesome fucking tee to green. 
He's wild off the tee, but I don't know. He's not a great bunker player. He's not a terrible bunker player. And he just could not buy a fucking putt the last couple of weeks. Just, I mean, impossible. And he's going back to Bent, which is fine. You know, whatever. Like, maybe he's getting off of the pass battle, and that, that might help him. And nobody's playing him. Relatively that's speaking. That's true. He's got, like, he's relatively speaking to the two guys he's involved. Like, isn't he the third highest projected ownership in the 9,000 dollar range? So I got him as the fourth. I got Hatton as higher. I got Hatton as 8.8%, buddy. Oh, I mean... Okay. <laughs> it's fucking Monday. <laughs> All right. I know. I know. I'm just saying. But no, I mean, listen, like third highest own Woodland looks good. T to green. That's the, you know, hashtag yeah. T no putt guy. Yep. Whatever. I'm fine with it, I guess. Yeah. I, I just want to know if he does, because I don't trust him off the tee. So I was really open to like, yeah, that was one of the guys that was popping off. the. <laughs> so actually I've got him at one nineteenth. Oh, that's great. That's in this field, and starts okay. getting off the tee on short courses. I legitimately um, might skip this fucking entire range. If I start with Corey Connors, I might legit skip the entire 9K range because I don't trust Leishman off the tee. I don't trust Henley to win a fucking tournament. Um, I, I don't care what Patrick Reed. No, not Patrick Reed. No, definitely not. And I don't trust Hatton. I just don't. Like He's another one of my guys. I just don't trust I'm, him. I'm proud of you, by the way. I thought I was going to have to talk you up a little bit. No, he just hasn't been good with his long irons, and he's fucking squirrely off the tee. And got, Here's what, once again, I need to know what courses fit Terrell's eye, right? Because every time I bet him, the next day he comes out and goes, oh, this course really doesn't fit my eye. I'm like, well, which fucking courses fit your eye, Terrell? <laughs> Seems like so it's, fl- it's Florida, the Middle East, and England. Yeah, that's, that's probably, probably about, about it. it. Yeah, so I, I really think, listen, I love Keegan, so... Keegan, but I don't know how you can do it, and I can't back Woodland now either. I legit might skip this entire range other than Keegan. Okay. I think just general hat and rule of thumb is like the nastier the better. Right. In conditions-wise, and I guess if it's as cold as it's documented, I guess that's <laughs> pro pro Hatton. But uh, again, I don't think 55 is cold. Apparently it is now, but... If it's if it's rainy and there there's wind and it's cold, then I guess that's advantage Hatton for what we've seen in his Euro career and winning at the API and almost you know almost doing it again this year at the API. He putted the lights out. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm with you on like I think the natural line of construction starts with Connors and Keegan, and you just have to be kind of cognizant of that as you're building these out. That like people will like Keegan for the same reasons they like Connors. They're basically the same player. Keegan's got that Northeast angle to it where he's familiar there. He's won in the Northeast before. Um, doesn't putt well anywhere, but like it might not matter here. And actually like I sweat Keegan at the players and he actually kept it interesting and he hit some clutch putts down the end to keep himself in it. He ended up like punching into the water and on 18. earning it. But yeah. yeah, you know what? He, he made it interesting and, and I'll give him that. So. I, I think he's like very, very sl- slowly trending in a better place. And if there's one category I want to put a premium on this week more than anything else, it's off the tee. And he's so consistent off the tee. He's really going to set himself up here. Avoid getting into trouble on your first shot. And there's not that many scoring opportunities, but there's plenty of bogey opportunities. So if you can just reliably hit fairways, which he does well, that should keep you in it. You don't have to post a super low score here, which is always going to be a problem when you have a putter like his. So, yeah, so bad. I like him. It's it's famous last words being confident in Keegan Bradley. But. I know, man. I, listen, I've died on that hill so many times. And Steve was texting me during TPC because I had a I had a I had a cam ticket 
And he's like, how fitting is it going to be that Keegan is going to fucking kill your cam ticket? And I was like, it's not going to happen. I was like, but I can't root against him at the same time. I was like, I was, I couldn't, I can't root against Keegan, man. I don't know. Whatever it is. I love him. Okay. All right. So, I mean, I will say this about Keegan is I was looking at what he was trending, you know, coming in and it's actually kind of similar to what Kyle Stanley was doing coming into 2017. Like, I know we knock about Keegan's putting a little bit, but he actually hasn't been awful lately. It's actually about 0.2 strokes better over his last 50 rounds than it was about two months ago. So he's kind of doing something similar to what he did last year around Valspar, where the putter's kind of starting to come alive a little bit. Kyle Stanley kind of did a little similar thing there. I don't know. I I I, I kind of like Keegan this week. I mean, the chalk kind of scares me. I, I think another thing I want to say about Leishman, though, like no one's going to him. And listen, he's never really been known as an accurate guy, but he still has been really good here anyways. So I think that gives me confidence, especially because no one has really seen this course a whole lot. Like I have a lot of guys just on my spreadsheet that just have zeros here because they just hadn't seen it. So um I'm fine with Leishman, especially the ownership. I mean, look, like, you know, maybe the driving accuracy thing with him, if he clubs down, it's okay. He's a great long iron player, great bunker player too. Yep. Um, he's struggled a little bit with his putter lately, but he's been pretty good on bent grass golf courses over his career. So I'm fine with him. And then my fate is it's Hatton. Uh, I was going to push back on him, on him in case you did. <laughs> it's just kind of like with the answer, like, like everything is down with him over his last 50 rounds there it was two months ago. And it just seems like every year now, like you kind of want to ride him in Florida and you want to ride him in the Middle East. And then once we start coming up north a little bit, getting into the summer, it just he hasn't really gotten all that great with him. So that's my fate. All right. So Leishman, you're right. I mean, he's I got him as 10th from 175 uh, and longer. So, yeah. God, you make me think about Leishman. (laughs) I I was just saying because I forgot to uh, mention my fate. I don't like Henley this week. And okay. like you know, I'm, I'm already jaded by like yes. take your pick of like yeah. any type yeah, of experience one. betting in Russell yeah. Henley. You're you're jaded by it, um, but I like him with mid and and short irons. I don't really like him on longer courses. I know he played very well on at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, which I think made skew our, our opinion of him because he did so well there at least to start. But he really like. He gets it done on the short courses where you can hit 150 and in wedges. Like he's, he's really good on those. This is a lot of 175 plus shots where he's not as strong and not able to really flex that approach advantage as much. And the, uh, the off the tee numbers are actually pretty bad lately. The one piece of his game that's sort of going away. He did figure it out at the RBC, but before that, I think he lost some four straight events. And I'm really looking for guys who are trending off the tee and in control know exactly where that ball is going because you kind of have to work it in both directions. It's a demanding course off the tee. And I don't play Russell Henley off of Bermuda, um, but because I, I already have enough concerns with him and he's <laughs> already missing these like knee knockers on Bermuda greens where he's like so significantly better than the other surfaces. So if you put him on bent, I'll fade him. And if that's the one time he's going to actually convert, I'll live with it. I won't, I won't lose sleep at night. Love okay. it. Love All it. Right. All right. Why don't we take it our break and then we'll uh, continue breaking down the ranges. All right, well, listen, you guys know I'm a coffee guy. And listen, Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best-tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. They're independent businesses from big cities and small towns, and trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. Experts tasted coffee. The Trade Coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees to 
keep 450 different kinds alive and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is one perfect coffee for you, and Trey's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trey Coffee sends you the freshest Roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters. Uh, whether you, your friends call you a coffee snob or whether you know it when a coffee just tastes perfect, trades real coffee experts personally taste test over 450 roasts so they know exactly what to recommend to you. All you got to do is answer a couple questions on the website and you'll get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like. No gimmicks. Trade delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans are ground for however you brew it at home, and they guarantee you'll love your first order or they'll replace it for free. They've already delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffees with over 750,000 positive reviews. So right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping. When you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP, that's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. So go get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash SGP and let Trade find the coffee that you'll love. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off. And don't forget about a Mother's Day coming up a trade subscription is the perfect gift for the coffee lovers in your life all right okay. so the 8k range baby what do we got all right i'll lead it off uh so you guys are like what well, i don't um so i mean it kind of seems like with patrick reed like no one likes him you know playing him in dfs no one seems to like playing sergio garcia either and sergio garcia has been fine uh, I mean, he's just cranking out a bunch of like top 40s, top 30s. And, you know, the funny thing with him is that like he'd been doing a lot of this damage with the putter for the last couple of months. And at the Masters, he kind of turned back into Sergio, just doing it mostly with the ball striking. Um, I just know in his career, he tends to be pretty good on some of these shorter tracks that, you know, where it just puts a premium on just like consistent ball striking, then pretty good on bent grass courses too in his career. So I kind of like him, especially the ownership. It doesn't seem like he's going a lot there. And, and this is gross. Because I've been knocking this guy for a couple months, but I kind of like Seamus Power this week. Let's go. I, I, I it's kind of like how I'm, how I'm like questioning. I'm like, I'm Ron Burgundy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I, he's accurate. Yep. He's been playing okay lately. It seems like at some of these shorter courses, he's been a little better. You know, I mean, like, I know we kind of say like, oh, you know, they toughen this place up, but. It's still kind of just a shortish course, and I don't think it's a really big boy course either. And those have been the type of places he's done well at, and kind of dig him this week. So I like him. And then my fate is it's Max Homa. I know he's been hitting the ball pretty well lately, at least tee to green, but his bent grass history has been really bad. He's been really bad at some of these other shorter courses in his career too that I looked at, and that that was a, that stuck out like a sore red thumb for me. You know, seeing just these types of courses he's been just not very good at, that was enough for me to fade him, especially I think he's garnering decent ownership, you know, at least, you know, yeah, like 13%. That That's enough for me to kind of stay away. So I like Sergio, I like Seamus, and I'm fading uh, Max Homa. So, all right, John, how about you? How about two guys you like and one guy you don't? Um, so if you want to build the ch- – I haven't actually looked at ownership, but I have to imagine the chalkiest way you can start – is Connors, Keegan, and then Cameron Young. Um, Cameron Young should not be $8,000. That's absurd. Cameron Young should be, I mean, he's priced at shorter odds than Keegan on some books. He should yep. be in like the high 9Ks. I don't understand how he got here. He's number one tee to green over the last 24 rounds. He's got three top threes this season. I don't think anybody else in this field can say that. Um, he's done it on a variety of different courses too. It's not like he's just this pure bomber. He went to Genesis and almost won it with a complete game. All around test, difficult course. Um, RBC Heritage, nobody 
saw him having any business con- contending there. He almost won that too. He came out gangbusters around one, almost took that wire to wire too. So at this point, he's just really good. Um, and I think the, the thing that's most appealing about Cam Young is he's a Northeast guy. He's from Westchester, New York, grew up only like exclusively playing bent grass courses. And he hasn't seen a bent grass through and through course since like any of his first 17 starts on the PGA tour. So we know he's actually popped a decent amount putting on like Bermuda and even POA. We actually haven't really seen much of him on bent and that should theoretically be his most comfortable surface. And it's where he won both of his corn Ferry tour starts last season that got him this promotion. We're both on bent courses. So I think the best is actually yet to come from a putting standpoint with Cam Young. And it's already scary how good he's been. Um, yes, he can't really like fully take advantage of bombing this course, but his off the tee numbers are still absurd regardless of like how long the course he's playing is. So he's a guy who's proven he can club down like we're talking about. That's fine for him if he's going to have to hit like a two iron off the tee and still hit it like 275 and, and position himself. That's totally, he might even hit a two iron 300 yards. I don't know. He's got a freak <laughs> distance. So right? he's going to be just fine. If you have a concern about Cam Young, it's that like, you really should be looking for these like conservative, experienced veterans who aren't super aggressive and play patiently. And that's like the, literally the opposite of what Cam Young is. But that's what we could have said last week at the RBC Heritage and he still tore it apart. So I, I love him. Eight, eight K is ridiculous. He could end up being the most high owned player in this field on drafting. He's definitely the most, the most incorrectly priced. Um, but I love him. I think he's a great bet. I got him at 50. I think he's down to 40. Ish now I, I would have bet him anything 35 and longer. So I like him a lot this week. Um, uh, besides, besides Cam Young, I like Casey too, like not in cash because we don't know how his back is doing. But when I looked at this course the first time around, I was like, this seems like a Paul Casey course. Like just hit it straight, hit it a little long, be in control with the driver. Irons, long irons need to be good and doesn't really kill you to be a bad putter. Difficult conditions. He always plays well in majors. Like that seems like Paul Casey to me. We just don't know how his health is. So I kind of like that in DFS. If you take a, a chance in like G, GPPs, he's got the upside of, as long as he's healthy. And if he's not, you're shit out of luck. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I was deciding between him and Connors at the top. It's kind of crazy that Casey's double the odds of Connors and I still took Connors, but, um, I, I like him this week. If, yeah. if he's healthy, maybe just monitor if anything comes out about what he's saying about And back. he's still pretty chalky. He's still over 10%. He always is, know. you know, it, sh- it shouldn't be, but everybody always just likes Paul Casey and their model. Like yeah. he doesn't really kill you as long as he plays four rounds, you know, like as long as he's not uh, withdrawing, he's, he's not going to kill you in any given tournament. He, he finds a way to hang around. So I, I like him. And then it's, in terms of fades, um, I guess, I don't, I don't know. I'm not like, opposed to anybody here. I guess I would like agree with Max Homa. Um, I like him where par five scoring is, is very important because he's always like top five in par five scoring. It's really hard to score on these par fives. And even if you do, it's not giving you a huge advantage. There's only two of them. Um, and the forms like it's so, so I, I would prefer him on a wide open, like bombers course with a bunch of par fives. That's not really what no. this is. So I'll probably stay away from him. Okay. Like Gabra, how about you? All right, so I love I love your Sergio take. He's one of the best bunker players in the world. He's so good off the box, right? It doesn't matter about the distance. He's straight. Like, he's very accurate off the box, whether he's hitting his three-wood or his driver. Um, and he's, he's 
Mets and Mets with, uh, with his, with his mid to long irons, but I think that's fine. I think with the ownership, I think it's a fine play. Um, I, I, I like you, John, like Cam Young is so mispriced. Like he should be 30% owned. Everybody should play him. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, Seamus Power, obviously one of my guys. The only thing that worries me about him is he's ranked really low in this field from 175 to 200, but I feel like, he can probably position himself where he hopefully doesn't have to have too many of those shots. But I'm going to my boy Siwoo, man. Dude, he's top five, 175 to 200. He's great off the box. He can't putt worth a shit. What else is new? Um, the only thing I got to worry about is the ownership on the DFS play. I already have him outright. Um, so I, I can probably fade, fade him a little bit in, in DFS because he's such a ball to player. Maybe just, I don't know, uh, maybe just double the field. <laughs> <laughs> with Siwoo, but yeah, man, like when I, when I punch in like sand saves, uh, off the box, uh, the, the iron distances that I'm looking for, like he, he's, he's in the top 10 of my models again. So I'm going to play Siwoo, man. He's one of my guys. And that's what I mean. Like, I literally think I could just skip that, that 10 K range. And this, I, I love the 8 K range. Love it. Yeah. I say one thing about proximity stats this week. Yeah. Cause I know that last couple of months, where there's been a lot of golf courses that we've had to use long approach shots. And you know who sucked in a lot of those long approach shot proximity stats? Scotty Scheffler. <laughs> so let's, <sighs> That's let's, true. Be little, let's be a little careful sometimes with this stuff. Like, especially because these are really small greens. Small greens, yeah. So like, even if you're like, I don't know, like, I mean, I'm looking at like, so I use 150 to 225. That was the, that was the range that was a little above average for, you know, Iron shots. And I mean, the best is like 30 feet from the hole on average in, in that range. The worst is like 35 feet. And with these really small greens, like you're still probably off the green or in a bunker, you know, if you're missing that much. So I don't know. I mean, like it's, I think it's important. Like I think it should be used as a tool, but like I think we've seen a bunch of guys this, uh, winter kind of, you know, put their thumb in our eyes when we try to use these proximity sets. Uh, <laughs> CC Scotty Shuffler. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, yeah. So if you take a look at like from 150 to 175, like it goes like the top guys at 21 feet. And then, yeah. you know, I mean, you go down to like whatever, 30 below and it's 27. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're talking a difference of six feet. I mean, it makes a difference in some people's buddy game, but not, not everybody. So yeah, you're probably right. Maybe, maybe pump the brakes a little bit on that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think it gives you a good idea on that player though. Yeah, I think it, you look at it as like a subset of approach. Like step one, right. are you good on approach? Step two, why are you good on approach? And if right. it's entirely from like 75 to 125, you might have a problem. Yeah, like, like Munoz, I think is kind of like that, where he's like a short iron guy, but he's not a great approach guy. So you kind of like, you can figure that out in between. But like you said, I wouldn't skip approach, go straight to proximity. That, that's yeah. where you're going to get into trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask, let me ask another question too. Why doesn't the PG Tour put out strokes gained by these distances instead of just proximity? I, I've been I've been trying to find the strokes. I know they exist. Someone is calculating this stuff of like strokes gained from like 150, 175. I have not been able to find it. So that Sounds would be like incredibly need, useful. It would be insanely useful. Sounds like you should yeah. write the PGA Tour and uh, propose a new job for yourself. <laughs> that would be awesome. What's his name? Mark Brody. Maybe I'll write him and say, hey, yeah. can you actually start putting that on their website? Yeah, exactly. Let's go. I'll do all it for right. you, buddy. All you got to do is fly me to all the golf courses and I'll do it for you. <laughs> right. Why don't we go down a seven thousand dollar range? Um John, why don't you kick it off? Why don't you just give us like three, four, five guys you kinda like down here? There's a big range, there's a lot of guys. I think it kind of fit the blueprint of what you're looking for this week. So have at it. Who are some of the guys you like this week? 
Yeah, it shapes up as a balanced build week for me, I think, because I'm pretty comfortable with a lot of these mid-low 7K guys. Not a ton of options at the 6K, so I see myself kind of loading up in this range. But uh, I think I would kick it off with Kevin Streelman, who owns the co-course record here, 62, I want to say, with with Molinari and Answer. Um, so we've only had two years, but that's encouraging. Um, he plays TPC River Highlands very well consistently, most die courses consistently, and that's that's really the top comp that we want to look at this week, if any. Um, reliable off the tee, I think he's gained his last five or, or six straight in a row off the tee, and if there's, again, if there's one stat I'm starting with, the two are the most reliable guys off the tee. Um, so I like that, and he can come and go with the, with the approach game, but, um, you know, he it, it, it seems to fit... The, the course seems to fit his eye. So I think at 7,700, a lot of guys will probably go to Brian Harmon, I would guess, at that range, probably prefer him at the same price. But I'd be happy to pivot to Streelman there, just given the course history. Um, I think Troy Merritt's interesting. He's a guy who plays these sort of angular parkland courses that reward a pro, that reward accuracy over distance, and, and he's really popped on – Bent as like a putting specialist, so he might be maybe a, a, a first round leader consideration for me this week because he could just string together a bunch of putts. Um, Sepp Straka will be if we're just trying to play the most popular mispriced guy in every range. That'll be Sepp Straka, who yep. has absolutely no business being no seventy six hundred. No like he's been as good as Cam Young over the last several months, and he's actually won. So this price makes absolutely no sense off the tee is his strength. You would probably think of him on more of a long course. Um, I'm going to draw my line with Straka, though. I'm just going to identify him as a chalk play, but I'm not, I'm probably not actually going to play him. Chalk Straka sounds like a bad, like a bad time. Yes. As, as, as bad as Keegan Bradley does, and I've actually like convinced myself to play him. So I got to draw, draw the line somewhere. Probably can't not going to play Seth Straka. Yeah, um, yeah, but if you want to just build a cash lineup, like you would put him here as your 7K guy. Um, and then I think going um, farther down the board, Cameron Davis, I think, is my favorite play, a guy that I'll be like most overexposed to. Going back to what we were talking about with who are the guys who are not the best off the tee but are actually very good on short courses, Cameron Davis was outside the top 100 on the PGA Tour in total strokes gained off the tee, and he's in the top 10 in strokes gained off the tee on short courses, so a significant bump. To him, when he can not hit driver off the tee, which is not what you would think because he's a bomber, he can really crush it. You think he could take advantage of that, but it's actually on the short courses that he's thriving on. And then the exact same thing is true with his putting, where he's outside the top 100 putting, but he's a top 10 bent grass putter. So you put those two things together, it's a really good opportunity to find some value. And he just, I think he finished uh, second at the RBC. I think he finished a stroke off the playoff in his last start. So he's trending to gained in all categories over there. I think he's a great play and not not a guy that people will automatically no. gravitate to in this range. I think he gets buried by some bigger names. Um, so I love him as a play. I'll be all over him, like top 20s, outright, maybe first-round leader, DFS. I, I love him this week. Love it. Okay. Capper, how about you? All right, so I'm absolutely with you on uh, the Davis play. 
uh, especially when I saw the ownership. Like, I thought he'd be chalk. I don't know. Maybe he's one of those names that sticks out to me from, like, dumpster diving back in the day in the 6K range and getting a bomber. But, yeah, you're right. Every, everything you said is 100% right, and he's next to Glover and fucking and, and Luke List. Like, he's going to get half the ownership of those guys. Because for, for whatever reason, people like to play Lucas Glover. I don't care. Uh, I don't play <laughs> Lucas Glover. Um, I'm going with Dougie Gim. I'm going with Steve's boy. Can I, I can still call him your boy, right, because he's doing good again? He's my boy this week, too. So okay. Yes, you can all, right, all right. So I just wanted to make sure you guys are back on. On again, off again. Roger, uh, Rachel and Ross with, uh, with these two. The, um, yeah, I mean, look, he does everything you want, right? Like he plays TPC course as well. And I like, I know it's not, and I know it's not exactly the same, but if he's going to be sub 10% with somebody who's as solid as they come, right? He's not the best. He's not the worst, but he's top 25 in both proximity uh, from 150 to 175 and 175 to 200. He's accurate off the tee. Um, he's been doing really good with tee to green. He had a mediocre weekend, but I mean, whatever, man, T35 and, and then uh, T33 uh, at Mexico, like whatever, man, like Doug Gim, less than 10%. This fits his game. I think it's a nice pivot away from Harmon, who I think a lot of people are going to play. You probably get it at like half the ownership, um, and especially if you're going to start with Connors or Keegan or something like that. You got to figure out ways to start shaving some ownership somewhere. Um, John's right about Straka. He's completely fucking this price, but he's going to be uber owned too. Um, I like CT Pan. I'm going back to CT Pan. He had a great fucking weekend. He's good with his long irons. Uh, he's made four cuts in a row. That's the kiss of death. Um, and yeah, man, he's he's fine. Like he's fine on these shorter courses, and he's good enough around the green. And I think he can. I think he can make some noise um, at seventy five hundred. Uh, and then uh, I'm going back to Lahiri too. Like, well, how come nobody wants to play Lahiri again? All he's been doing is playing good fucking golf, good golf, and he's super straight off, or straight off the box. He's fine with his longish irons. So like, it, he's going to be less than seven percent owned. Like. He's got two top 15s on his last two, and a T35 to Valero. He's been playing really good golf. Like, whatever, man. Like, why why not? Like, second at the players. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's silly that like he is the same price as David Lipsky. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, no. Like, yeah. Give me Lahiri. So those those are my guys in this area. Okay. All right. I mean, oh, why? Real, real quick, can I ask both of you guys before you jump into yours? What about Lanto? He's mispriced, right? Like this guy was what is he eighty eight hundred at the Masters and now in this field he's down here in the at seventy six hundred. Nobody wants to play him. It's just because he's wild off the fucking tee, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, he doesn't he hasn't really been too great on some of these like shorter tracks, at least the ones I looked at his career. Yeah. So he but he's, has, I mean, he's, he's um, playing he's in the bar, right? I'm just looking him up um on the lines of odds grid because he had some really crazy uh, odd splits this week. He, yeah, he's fifty to one on on Bet MGM, and he's one fifty to one on DraftKings. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> on, Okay, I don't understand why he's fifty to one. I would lean more of the one fifty number, but right. there's something that people really like that have put him in that. Place I don't understand. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a typo. Maybe there's a different Griffin that they meant to put there. Or something because I don't understand the fifty thing. But no. yeah, there, so books disagree on him. So there's something to like. I, I don't really see it, but there's something there. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, so while I agree with you guys on Cam Young, he's great. Although I can, I can never figure that guy out. I don't know. I might have to recalibrate what I, what I think about him. But it has provided a little bit of pivot towards three guys right below him that I think fit this golf course pretty well. And Aaron Rye, Matt Kuchar, and Doug Gim, all those guys are pretty accurate. All those guys have been trending up with their irons over the last 50 rounds, you know, relative to what they were tw- uh, two months ago. All of them pretty good around the green. 
Um, Kucher dominates all these shorter tracks. Aaron Rye's actually done pretty well on some of these two. Doug Gim has also done well on some of these shorter tracks as well and playing well. Kind of like all three of those guys this week. Uh, especially I was surprised with Kucher's ownership is sub 10 considering how well he's been playing lately. So, um, I like all three of those guys going a little bit lower down the card. Um, I mean, I think you guys already talked about CT Pan. I like him. Troy Merritt, like him too. Um, Mark Hubbard, considering for a guy who doesn't have a card on the PJ tour, he's actually been playing pretty good. Uh, I mean, I know last week at Mexico, I don't think that was his type of, uh, golf course. It was really long. This one, you know, where it's going to reward accuracy. I, I think that's going to fit his profile. And he has, a, he has really good bank grass history too. I like him. And the last guy I want to mention, Joel Damon. And I bring him up because the last time we played TPC Potomac, he was embroiled in that controversy with uh, Boston Capper's boy, I everyone's favorite boy. cheater, Sung Kang, on the 10th hole, taking a bad <laughs> drop. And that ended up getting Sung Kang into the Open Championship. And Joel Damon was the only one trying to stand up for principles and morals. And I think Karma is going to repay him back this week. And he fits a lot of things I'm looking for. Accurate. You know, he played, I think he had a T20 or a T23 finish back in uh, 2018. His iron's pretty good lately. Um, I like him this week. So that was my I'm best. I'm a best Sun King first round leader again. And like, yeah, like, listen, once again, I'm free rolling this guy for the rest of my fucking life. I know, I, I know, I know you are. I mean, I, I knocked Sun King, but he actually legitimately was good like in 2017 as well. And I, I mean, he could have cheated. Who knows? But, yeah. Listen, I feel like all golfers cheat. Like you only notice it when the cameras are on these guys. Like, can you imagine what Patrick Reed does when the cameras aren't on him? That's true. Sorry, just Billy Horschel. Don't, don't come at me. Yeah, Billy Horschel, too. That guy's that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't we take one more break, and then we'll uh, go dumpster diving. All right, man. Well, listen, we are brought to you by Athletic Greens in here, AG1 Supplements. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, the immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, basically all the things. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. So AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Green has over 7,000 five-star reviews. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. With your first purchase, all you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. Okay. So I was diving time and, uh, Capra, I'm sorry, but it falls to you after you do that. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. Take, that's, take it, take a deep breath. It's fine. And, uh, start rolling with it. Who are, uh, some of your favorite guys, uh, below 7,000? So I, I'm having a hard time down here, right? Cause everybody's going to talk about Abba, right? Cause he pops in everybody's model. I don't know. I can't. Well, and he's been great here. Yeah. And I just, I just, I mean, with, with the bills, I mean, I guess if I get queued up top, I guess I could think about it, but 10 to 12% Ryan Armour at 6,900 just seems, like it's not going to end well. It just seems like it's not going to end well. Um, so <laughs> I know you're going to roll your eyes. So Wes Bryant has actually been playing okay, Steve. He has I know. been. I He's been playing okay. Playing and, okay. Yeah. And I know I. It's been a disaster off the tee, but okay. I know, but what's he going to, that's what, it's another thing. Like, all right, is, is he going to be better with his three wins? Like, I don't fucking know. Like, I'm guessing at this point. And it's the 6K range. And like, Nick Taylor pops in my shit. The guy's missed 9,000 cuts in a row. Um, Smotherman, uh, he's going to be chalky too, probably. What about Buckley? He's accurate. 
been playing like shit. Yeah, I know. But he made the cut at Mexico. Right? And he's, and seems okay. Like, I really don't know what to do down here yet. Like, I'm looking at like Buckley, Taylor, Wes Bryant, Duncan is popping on my shit. Does he have a good hit course history here? Is that why? Him? Actually, I think he's pretty bad. But it's only like one appearance. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, in reality, I'm pretty lost down here at this point. Like, I, I, and, and because I like so many guys in the sevens, like, I don't think I'll be dipping down here too much this week. Um, I just don't think I will. Like, uh, cause I don't like, I don't really like the 9k range, so I'm able to, to kind of build it how I want to build it. But if I'm going to play anybody less than 1% owned, $6,400, Wes Bryant, let's go. Okay. All right. I mean, look, like you can make your case about Ryan Armour. You can make your case about Smotherman, Spenson, uh, even Tyler Duncan, even though I think he crushed a lot of people last week and I think people liked him. But, uh, I mean, if you want some ugly ducklings, um, but I mean, Kyrgios Afri Barmrot, he's been just cranking out a bunch of, you know, make cuts. Uh, he's been pretty good on bent grass in his career, pretty accurate, hitting his irons pretty well lately too. That might be a guy who, if you're just looking at 6,700 bucks to make the weekend, and I mean, like he's been a, he's been around the block. He's an accomplished player. Like if you just want a guy to grind out a cut, I think you can do it. Um, is Ches Reeve back? Because he finished T thirteen last week in Mexico. True. And he's been bad for a while, but he is a guy who eats up these short courses and he's super accurate. And you know he's still hitting his irons okay. It just you know it's been the putter and around the green's been killing him. So um, I mean, if he's back at six to seven hundred bucks. I could see him doing well here. Um, I can kind of say the same thing about Hank Lebiota. He had a top 30 finish last week, and this was the guy last summer. He was all the rage. And, yeah, uh, fucking week last summer. I know. Well, he broke my heart. I think 125 to one at Rocket Mortgage. Um, God. but listen, he's got pretty good bank grass history, pretty good in some of these shorter courses. Yeah. If you're a believer that, you know, you finally maybe figure something out with the top 30 finish last week. This might be a golf course for him, and all these guys are sub like three percent. So worth a stab, you know. See what happens, and it's better than going to some of these guys are eight, nine, ten percent. Oh my so god, they're, they're they're all the same. <laughs> all right, John, what about you? Um, I I think Ryan Armour completes the trend of like in every single range. There is one guy who is incorrectly priced and will be way over owned. So you can make a really like duplicated cash game DraftKings lineup if you just go Connors, Keegan, Straka, Young. Young. Armor. Yeah. Con- Connors, Keegan, <laughs> Young, uh Straka, Straka and Armor. Yeah. yeah. That, those guys are clearly the plays in each of those ranges. Every week is not like that. This week for whatever reason there's one guy in every range. He's the guy that makes sense. I bet him at two hundred to one. He shouldn't be 220. He has good history here. He's, he's trending. And somehow he's the number one proximity 200 plus guy, which back to your point earlier, Steve, like what's going on with these proximity stats? And, <laughs> one of them. and Scott there's, is like, there's a, last, like yeah, there's a few stats on the PGA Tour that are wonky. Like I remember, I think at the Masters, all the rage was about the carry distance and like stuff like that. And I, I think I was looking at one of these guys and Tommy Fleetwood's carry distance was longer than oh. his average drive. That was going into the Masters. We were, yeah, we were, it was. We like, I think some. Of the, I think. I think some of the vol- the eighty-five year old volunteers with the shot like. Uh, maybe well, he gets a lot of backspin on those drives. You got to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of negative roll. It's a one fifty. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, okay. So so armor obviously he needs no explanation. Play him. Um a guy who is not good and you sh- shouldn't play, but I'm just going to I'll probably play him anyway cuz I have no restraint. He pops every single time I look this deep in this range. He never leaves the low 6k range because despite the numbers he never does anything. Is Cameron Percy. Um uh, he's one of eight players in this field who made the cut in both of the two previous TPC Potomac events. He finished top 40 both times. If you're playing a guy in the low 6K range in this field, you're content with a made cut and top for 40. Thanks, so that, that might work. He's like, he's 27th in strokes game total over the last 36. That's pretty good for this range. He's third in approach, which is hard to believe, but it's true. And he has two top tens in his last three starts at the, uh, at the Corrales in Puerto Rico, which are like pretty much the opposite of what this course is for all intents, all intents and purposes, but they're top 10. So, I mean, you know, that this is what this guy does. He, he finds a way to sneakily get his way in your model for absolutely no reason. And the more you look into it, you're like, okay, this, this can't Percy. It's not going to happen, but <laughs> it's enough for me to be like, well, who else am I going to play in the six K's? And I'll probably end up doing it anyway. What do you think about anybody? Anybody? So Vaughn Taylor has been popping in. It was in like two of the three of my models. Did, didn't he draw for one round last week? Yeah, because he was like fucking plus three hundred after Thursday. I think. Yeah. I don't All know. right. Good luck. Good luck, sir. <laughs> I play him at at Pebble Beach, and that's it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. One, once a year for me. Once a Vaughn year. Taylor. All right. Fair enough. He made the cut at the Honda. Um. What? One other fair. guy I'll say. Um. Eugenio Chikara is an amateur, like one of the top college players and an absolute elite driver of the golf ball. Pounds it, hit like hits it really well off the tee. Pretty terrible in everything else. You might be able to get away with that here. I would prefer him on like an easy, wide open course again, but he could go on to be like a Cam Young type of player. Not not like top three three times in his rookie season type of good, but he is the best player. I think he's on the Wake Forest team, if I'm not mistaken, Eugenio. Um, but he's on a very good college team, and he's the best player on that team. So he's got a bright future, amateur, 6,200. If you want to get crazy, there there might be some untapped potential there. <laughs> I, I, I know one of our listeners is going to bet him 750 to 1 or something. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> John, were you on, uh, on Gasuski last week? Sure was. Yeah, me too. And I was all of a sudden, like I was, I stopped tracking him. I think by like hole like fifteen, I was like, all right, we look okay. And then I turn around and he just fucking ejected on what was that sixteen on Friday? What the fuck was that? Was it sixteen or seventeen? I thought it was the very last hole. I could be mistaken, but he oh. like he like tripled with yeah. like a four putt to miss yeah. the cut <laughs> on the number. Was like, it was absurd. I was so confused when I went back at tracking because I was like, wait a second, what happened? I'm like, what? <laughs> Fuck it, what happened? <laughs> That's what you sign up for once you dip this low in the 6Ks. It's like, well... Exactly. Yep. I, yeah, that, that's what I asked for. <laughs> exactly. Alright, so that wraps up the DraftKings portion. And, uh, why don't we just do an NFL draft recap? So, oh. John, why don't you kick out to 60 seconds, either... I, I, I Do you have a favorite team? What's your favorite NFL team? Giants. Oh, perfect. You're still my thunder. Fucking gross. All right, you guys masturbate to each other. <laughs> what right, a great so then, draft. All right, so 60 seconds. I, you know what? I, I have some other takes besides that. All right, so 60 seconds. What's your hottest Giants draft take? I think 
it, it was not an impressive draft is, is what I would say, because you couldn't go wrong in the spots that they were like, you have to take Thibodeau and you have to take the best offensive tackle available. So it, they did what it's not like, Oh, Gettleman's gone. We fixed the, we made smart choices. Like, okay, we didn't draft a running back in the top 10. Like that shouldn't be the barometer of success for our organization anymore. We got the players we needed. We needed to firm up the line on both sides. I'm much happier with who we picked than even if Sauce was available for us. I think this was the position of need for us on both sides. Very happy with the first round. I think everything after that was a bit of a disaster. The wide receiver is the one position that we do not need to address right now. (laughs) We used our second round pick there. I hate that we traded down and passed up on some really good secondary options. Would have loved to have gotten Booth. Um, and he wasn't available after we traded down. So I, I would have loved to have addressed the secondary in the second round more. Um, but obviously we got a playmaker who could have been, you know, the first overall pick not long ago and, uh, we addressed the O line. So overall, I'm, I'm content. Okay. I mean, I'm going to go probably similar stuff to you is that, listen, that first round was great. I mean, it worked out pretty well. Uh, I lost a couple bets because of it because I just <laughs> slammed Giants with like an O-lineman at five at minus 130. As soon as the board fell away, I'm like, oh, well, they're just going to do the smart thing and actually draft the DN and then just take whatever's left over for offense tackle. And listen, I think I love Neil, I love Thibodeau, but you're right. Like that second, third round. Pretty dicey. Uh, what are we doing drafting a five foot eight, hundred and twelve pound receiver who has T Rex arms and one of the most drops in the NCAA? Don't really like that. Uh, don't really like taking the fifteenth best offensive guard uh, <laughs> when there was some better ones available. When we have offensive line issues, uh, the quarterback's okay from LSU, but uh, it just that was a little shaky uh, with that, but. I think I'm still in the honeymoon phase with uh, Joe Shane. And, uh, I mean, listen, we're not going to be very good this year anyways. Daniel Jones is still our quarterback. He sucks. Uh, so we're going to have to get a new guy next year. That's that's the next step. Just build this team, get some parts around it, and then when we actually get a guy next year, either through, I don't know, one of these franchise quarterbacks suddenly wants out, we get a trade or we draft a guy, uh, just start building parts, just show some momentum, show some you know signs of encouragement to – Keep me engaged this year, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So, all right, Capper, why don't you bitch about the Patriots? Yeah, I will. I'm gonna bitch about the Bruins' fucking defense first. They just gave up a fucking two-on-one breakaway, left my fucking goalie's first playoff stat ever just dangling because some asshole didn't want to fucking Bruins. Anyway, the Patriots. You know what we want to do? We want to draft. We want to be the smartest guys in the fucking room. Let's go fucking Chattanooga. Take a guard. At, we trade down from 21 to 29. Take a fucking guard at 29. A guard. When we had Shaq Mason, traded him to Tom Brady for whatever fucking reason we did that for because we didn't want to pay him. So it's a self-inflicted problem where we have to take a guard. You don't have to take a guard there. He's going to be there in the third fucking round. Then we go to the second round, draft some kid who runs wicked fast. He's 5'8 and 110 pounds, and he runs straight line speed really well. Other than that, sucks balls. Like, he's going to have stone for hands. He's the next Bethel Johnson. Great fucking use of the capital there. And then in the fourth round, we take a, a under-six-foot quarterback who can't throw the fucking ball. What are we doing? Like, no linebackers. Like, And listen, that guard might play fine. Like, he's a guard. No one's going to notice. The only time we're going to notice is if he's a fucking turnstile. Like, that's the only time we're going to notice. You don't need to take him there. You can take him somewhere else. How about a linebacker? How about a, a, a better cornerback? Like, how about a fucking wide receiver that's on somebody else's board, Bill? Like, <laughs> stop being – like, 
I know Bluto, fucking Matt Patricia, has his fingerprints, fat, greasy fingerprints all over this fucking draft. He ruins the Lions. We bring him back for whatever reason. Oh, fuck it. I know it's Patricia. Oh, I know it. And it well, well, hold on. So this quarterback that you draft from West Kentucky, I heard that he was an elite holder. Oh, so, great. Fucking yeah. great. Great. Yeah. That's important, no, man. Yeah, As someone who, uh, and, and John knows this, back in 2002 with the uh, Giants against the Niners, uh, we had a really shitty combination of a long snapper and a holder, and that cost us that playoff game. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, like, it's a I'm very important right. skill. I'm very surprised uh, we didn't draft a long snapper from Navy as we do every couple of years. Right? <laughs> there you go. So, um, super, fun. super fun. My brother-in-law is a big Patriots fan. I was talking to him the other day. Who was the last good wide receiver that the Patriots drafted? Dion Branch. Yeah, that's probably right. No, it's 100 percent right. I can that's, tell you. That's like 100%. where my mind was going, and yeah. I was like, there has to be somebody else that's fanned out. So, so like, the kid and all free agents for them. And the kid from Georgia was good, um, Malcolm Mitchell, but he was just he just it, it, like he had a bad knee, and like he he uh, he had a good game in the Super Bowl for us. Um, but and he would have been good, but it's the same thing. But he was an injury risk when we drafted him. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a bunch of bums. Dobson, fucking, Nikhil Harry. Ugh, it's just fucking gross. We are so bad at drafting wide receivers. So bad. Wasn't and Edelman like a seventh rounder there? Was he undrafted? Edelman doesn't count. He was a quarterback. Like this. Ah, uh, that's true. <laughs> no, fuck that shit. He, they didn't draft him as a wide receiver. No. Bill does not get credit for that. No. Yeah. All right. Kent All State right. quarterback. <laughs> All right. While well, we take one more break and then we'll, uh, Go over uh, who we picked for outrights. Well, I know it's IP Vanish. Uh, so listen, did you guys know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without ad security, it might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and all the other prying eyes. That's you, Putin. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy while staying truly private and secure on the Internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the Internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, Steve, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. And you can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices, even devices like your Fire Stick, whether at home or in public. I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you got to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand-rated 4.6 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promo code SGP and claim your 70% off savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All right. Outright time. So, John, our special guest, why don't you kick it off? Who you got outright this week on your betting card? Um, I actually, this is like the quickest I filled out a card because I, it just fit this week, and it's a pretty chalky card. Looking back, like I picked the, I, I do the research on Sunday. I, I know who I like. If I see a number, I bet it. This week, they also happen to fit in the card. So I've got Corey Connors at twenty-two to one, Keegan Bradley at thirty-seven, Cameron Young at fifty, uh, Kevin Streelman at eighty, Cam Davis at a hundred, Martin Laird at one fifty, and Ryan Armour at two fifty. Love it. Love it. All right. Capital no shockers you, in there, but, you know. Uh, no, that, that, 
That's not no, like no. a very TBC Potomac betting card, too. I, I like it. I like it. So I only have five right now, and I probably got room. I got room for at least one more. I usually at least do six. Um, so I went Siwoo at 40 to 1. Of course Sheamus. You did. Of course you did. Sheamus at 40 to 1. Of course you did. Yep. And <laughs> Cameron Young, 50 to 1. Of course Corey, you Corey Connors at 20 to 1. Of course you did. And Davis at 100 to 1. We have very similar betting cards, though. <laughs> I think I think it's going to be a lot of repetition this week. If you got in early, there was a lot of mistakes, I think, on the boards that corrected themselves a couple hours later. All right. Well, I also (laughs) was going to join the Corey Connors train, but I saw he was uh, uh, strongly mushed uh, today based on some guy. So I'm sorry, you two, but Corey Connors is uh, not going to win. I was able to cash out, though, so that was great. So I actually went to my next best option right there, and this is why I'm going to talk about the guy. Uh, I know you hate him, Capper, uh, but – Matthew Fitzpatrick, uh, I have getting a little bit of an odds boost on him, 23 to 1. I think it's a decent break based on how he's been playing. If you look at RBC Heritage, he actually hit the ball fine, but he just missed a billion putts. He's been playing solid overall. I know you love making the argument with him, like, oh, he can't score. Well, this isn't going to be a birdie fest this week now, is it? So it's going to be a <laughs> golf course that you got to hit a lot of fairways. He gains a lot of strokes off the T2 because of that. And his iron's pretty good. I think that putter's going to turn around because he putts really well on bent grass, plays really well on those two, plays really well on these shorter positional golf courses. Uh, if it's Patrick this week, um, I am a glutton for punishment, and I saw – a 37 on Russell Henley and I just took it because I'm stupid and I'll never learn and I just want to be there when he wins because I just see this golf course and I'm like oh it's a Russell Henley track and um, I just end up betting it even though I'm kind of ashamed of myself uh, after <laughs> John kind of rightly put it that maybe he kind of sucks at this place but you know we'll see uh, I did that Keegan like I mentioned earlier uh He's doing similar things that Kyle Stanley did ahead of when he won here. Uh, Key is kind of doing similar things when he finished runner up last year. Valspar got him at 37 to one as well. I like that price. And I took a couple stabs between like 75 and 90 on a couple guys I like. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I think the, uh, golf guys are going to pay back Joel Damon this week. Uh, you know, standing up for what's right. 75 to one fits this type of track, played well here. Uh, you know, a couple, you know, the last time they played here, playing well just in general recently, like him. Doug Gim, 80 to 1, kind of fits a lot of things I'm looking for this week. I think he's a solid player and I like the price. Aaron Rye, uh, I think he's a good player and accurate. Hit his iron's pretty good. He's kind of one of those team no putt guys playing okay recently too. I like him. And then Adam Long, 90 to 1. He's been playing pretty good, playing pretty well tee to green, accurate. Um, I just like him for these types of golf courses, 90 to 1. So that's my card, seven guys. Um, you know, I, I feel pretty good about it. That seems, I'm going to have to, gonna have to fucking bet Keegan now. You do. Because anytime I bet, Keegan, bet Keegan, fucking Keegan. You can fit it in. You don't you have to. No, I do. Because I will yeah. fucking literally run through a wall if Steve hits a Keegan ticket and I don't. For my own mental health, I have to. I yeah, have to the, sh- the show will end if that happens. It's, it's, like, it's like an Amex where I bet Siwoo. And he, you just had to because you wouldn't be able to live with yourself <laughs> if it didn't hit. And it hit. So, <laughs> so there you go. Keegan's a Massachusetts guy, right? He's yeah, a Vermont. He's you know he's a Vermont guy, but close oh, enough. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. I didn't know anybody guy. was able to play golf with any regularity in Vermont. Yeah, listen, I'm sure he, I'm sure he was in some boarding school in Connecticut. He was he was fucking he was he was born in Vermont. That's what I know. He's a big Bruins guy. He wears Jordans. Hung out with Brady and Jordan. Like like whatever, man. Like. I've always liked Keegan, man. And Blady got into the spat with that old prick. So that was always good. There you go. All right. John, thanks for coming on the show. You got any, uh, anything to plug before we, uh, get you out of here? 
Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Always a great time Always good. with y'all. Um, so yeah, you can find me at PJ Tout on Twitter. Uh, my previews every Sunday on thelines.com. I put my final betting card there, which everyone has been tipped off to already, but I will add some <laughs> first round leaders and props as well. And, um, I'll be writing a, uh, a values, uh, DFS and long shots article for play picks. That'll be up tomorrow. And again, I've kind of already tipped off every, if you've listened to this podcast, you already know who I like. So you can be on the lookout for that or not. You already know. So either way, all good. Uh, thank you. Thank you guys again for having me and, uh, good luck this week. Good luck to Keegan. Let's go. I think, I think we all want that. I think Let's that's what we're pulling for here. All right, boys, you heard him. Listen, he's already tipped all this shit. Go click his fucking page. Make sure he gets paid. Okay. The, um, <laughs> yeah. So John, yeah, always appreciate John. Steve, you got anything, buddy? No, that's it. We'll be back tomorrow to uh, fill the rest of our betting card. Yep, that's it, man. So, uh, yep, you guys know where to find me, Boston underscore Capper on Twitter. Go find Twitter Sleeve on the Slack channel. Uh, yeah, man, let's go break those fucking books. Thanks again, John. Let's go. Cool.